Looking for a quality groomer close to home? Look no further. Bubbles and Cuts is a Kawita-based dog grooming salon. We offer full service grooming, sanitary trims, nails, color services, and even shedding treatments. Join us at our new location for a quality grooming experience. We are located at 117 South Broadway, Kawita, Oklahoma. Or schedule your appointment today and call us at 918-871-0867. Hello, I'm Sarah Barnfield. Welcome to Hawk Talk DNE's podcast. I'm sitting down today with Dr. Suzanne Farmer, Associate Professor of History and DO Coates, Claire Moore sophomore, who are here today to discuss women's history and the obstacles they face. Thank you both for taking the time to sit with me. Now let's find out more about women's history and the obstacles they face. As you may know, March is annually celebrated as Women's History Month in the United States. Women's History Month began originally as a national celebration in 1981 when Congress passed Pub L 97-28. Over the next five years, Congress passed joint resolutions designating a week in March as Women's History Week. And in 1987, after petitioned by the National Women's History Project, Congress designated the month of March 1987 as Women's History Month. Between 1988 and 1994, Congress passed additional resolutions requesting and authorizing the president to proclaim March of each year as Women's History Month. Since 1995, presidents have issued a series of annual proclamations celebrating the contributions women have made to the United States and recognizing their specific achievements through a variety of fields. The first topic I would like to start with is about the importance of discussing how much women have impacted the United States throughout our history and how we can learn from the women who came before us. Women didn't always have some of the same opportunities as men and have had to continuously fight for our rights and gender equality to get where we are today. Why do you think it is important to talk about women's history and to recognize how far women have come with our achievements? So history is male-dominated as a field, which means that there are predominantly male faculty members, but then it's also male-dominated in subject matter. So the women's history as a field within the discipline of history is actually fairly new. It started in the 1970s, and Gerda Lerner was basically looking around. She was a historian. And she said, where are the women in these stories? And they weren't present. And so you have to think of history as a field that is based on sources. And so we can only use the sources that we have when we're doing our research. And those sources are always filtered. They're always sifted. And women, even though we make up half the population, who is writing the history it's usually men, and it has been since ancient times with Herodotus and Thucydides. And so they focus on what interests them. It's not that women have not always been present in that history. Women make up half the population, but our stories haven't been told. And so we have to sort of go back now and try to re-inject women's history into the narrative that's already been constructed. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. That also kind of reminds me of a topic that I was talking about in one of my classes. It was a woman. She contributed to it, but because she was a woman, she was not credited. There was only three spots for declaring the, you find something for the first time. And there's only three spots. So she was one of them. She was actually wife of the person who founded it, but he also had two other colleagues and they were male. Even though she was the brains behind it, she was not credited. Yeah, she was ignored because she was a woman. Yeah. 
there are articles that you can look up that started with what we call historiography, which is the study of the discipline of history, where they say, did women have a renaissance? Did women have an enlightenment? And there are arguments about whether yes or no, even though we know women participated in both those movements, they were financially participating, they were patrons, and people will say no, right? So women have always been there. We just haven't been accounted for. And so I really do think that now, I mean, I know that there we have the women's movement, the first wave, second wave. Now we're on like the fourth wave. We have to be very careful, though, about like making comments like that we've made great strides because there's still so much work to do. And women are still, we're still breaking glass ceilings. But just recently, you know, we had the first meteorologist in Oklahoma who was a woman who issued some, I think it was like a severe weather alert. She was the first one to ever do that. I was the first female historian tenure track hired at NSU in 2011. That's incredible. So there are still women first happening. And so we still have to consider that even though, yes, there have been these great strides, there's still so much work to do. And there's still inequities that women are facing. Facing. We're still fighting for our rights. There's still pay gap. There's still all these different things. Yeah, it's still such a long ongoing battle. And who knows how long we're going to be going at it. Dr. Farmer, how can we ensure that women's history is included in our education? So the best way to do it is that you include women in the historical narrative, which is the stories that we tell ourselves about the past, right? And you do that by integrating women into the history that you're talking about. The common sort of way for, especially in a male-dominated field, for them to feel that they're being inclusive is for them to assign a document that's written by a woman or say, oh, here's a photograph with a woman in it. Or they even set aside a week in their class and like, we're going to talk about women this week. But women are half the population and we've always been there. We're just not accounted for. And so it's like when you're talking about these things, how do you integrate that? How do you talk about George Washington without talking about Martha Washington? He married her for status and resources. So his political capital, financial capital, all of that came from his marriage to Martha Washington. So how can you talk about him without talking about her? That's crazy to think about because I didn't even know that. I also feel like it should be natural to talk about yeah. women. It shouldn't just be, oh, we're going to talk about women this week. It should just be natural. It should just be included. All the time. It shouldn't have to be setting aside a specific kind of time period for just women. It should just be natural. Well, and he's essentially a social climber, and he marries Martha Washington for her money. And that's how he's able to do so much of what he's able to do. There's also a famous story during the American Revolution that you have this woman and her husband and they're on the battle lines and he is shot and she steps over his body and she loads the cannon. And they all tell this story right about this woman who loads this cannon and she continues to fight even over her husband's dead body. But doesn't that raise the question, what was his wife doing on the front lines of battle, which would suggest that women were there as they always have been. Women have always, it's just as important, but it becomes like an anecdote that you tell in a class instead of, okay, well, let's talk about the role that women play in warfare. Dio, what do you think we can learn from the successes of previous generations of women? I think that we can learn that women are just as important as men. They contribute so much and not to mention they literally are half the population and they are the sole reason we are here now. But that's true. I mean, I don't see men having children. 
man. So I, we need to appreciate women a little more than what we do now. But considering it's a male-dominated perspective, it's hurting their pride. It's hurting men's pride if women are praised and whatnot. I, from what I've gathered from personal experiences, it seems like it just the successes of women always cause some kind of uproar and hate towards them because it's like, whoa, women can do the same thing? What? But it's true. No, it's like they're jealous. Yeah. Just need to appreciate and make it natural that women can do stuff. I know, definitely. If we just talked about women and men in history together all the time, you'd be normalized. Yeah, no need to separate. The second topic that I'd like to discuss is about the barriers that women face with educational inequality and what the biggest challenges for them are while trying to obtain an education. With the proper education and job opportunities, women have proven to be capable of much greater things, such as winning the right to vote in 1920, the right to serve alongside men in the military in 1948, and the right to equal pay in 1963. Dr. Farmer, what obstacles do women around the world face when trying to get an education? So it's interesting. When we talk about the United States in particular, women are actually earning more college degrees than men. We have surpassed them. It's about, it's a little over half. 60% of master's degrees are now being awarded to women. And it's about half with PhDs. At the same time, as Dio pointed out earlier, as women make these gains, there's a backlash. And so now we're hearing these discussions about, well, is a college degree really all that valuable? Should we not be thinking about trade schools? Well, then when you think about trade schools, think about what they're talking about. The vast majority of those trades are what? Male-dominated. So we're seeing the devaluation of a college education as women, and 64% of NSU students are women. The vast majority of our classes are women, but I see even like cultural things in the classroom where women who have fantastic things to say and they would contribute so greatly to the discussion, they naturally defer to their male colleagues who are always the first to raise their hand, always the first to speak. And, you know, as an educator, you want everybody to speak, but then they feel like they can't really, they don't want to jump in and disagree, even if their disagreement would be on target, right? So, and then globally, and this includes the United States, women are more likely to have their education interrupted, uh, whether that's to be caretakers, they get pregnant, they become mothers. And so you have these issues of access. Education is becoming more expensive and women, you know, have to carry all these different burdens that they have to deal with while they're trying to get their education. And then globally in places like Afghanistan, we're seeing where women are just being outright denied education based on theocratic ideas. And so even though we're making these great strides, we're now facing, even in the United States, cultural backlash to that. It's like they can't stand to see women be successful. Dio, what do you believe we can do to empower young women today? It's a bit hard because it also depends on how women can receive the empowerment because not everybody has access to internet and whatnot and everything. And if they live in BFE, that means there's not a whole lot. I feel like it's in our setting. 
is to just include them. Just have a natural say, yo, you good. Give them that encouragement. If a woman get a woman gets discouraged, say, you good. You, you're doing great. It's the little things like that, telling someone they're doing good. It just gets them through the day. It, it really does. Yeah, educators could probably do better in our classrooms about calling on women, but then you don't want to put someone on the spot. But then even privately telling them, like, I can tell from your work that you have good things to say. And so you should not feel discouraged from speaking up just because the men in the class are more trying to dominate more. They probably could use a little bit more encouragement from us. Definitely more encouragement. And it's also men kind of tend to pick on, you know, everybody. So whenever they, whenever like women do answer questions and whatnot, you can kind of hear little side comments. At least I've heard them. And then they try to interrupt and all that. Or try to speak over you. Yeah. And it's just like, let them, let them speak. Wait your turn. Everybody's going to wait your turn. It's a class. That leads me into my third topic that I'd like to discuss, which is the representation of women in different fields and how women in history are talked about the lens of the media. Sex-segregated educational programs in public schools are a threat to gender equality based on pseudoscientific theories about how boys' and girls' brains function and how they learn. Dr. Farmer, how has women's history been represented in education? Well, typically, it's been treated as a separate field. There's history and then there's women's history. And by some historians, it's also categorized as a social and cultural history. And traditionally, history was political, economic, military. And so there are still historians who don't believe that social cultural history, which would include women's history, black history, any kind of um, historically marginalized and unrepresented people's history, they would consider that social and cultural. They don't see that it's also political and economic in military. So they treat it as a separate discipline and they don't see it as serious. It's like, oh, you do women's history. And so because it's been separate and it hasn't been integrated into the narrative as of yet, it still has that stigma attached to it. So we still have a lot of work to do in just fully integrating women's history back into the historical narrative. I feel it's not that women's history And we don't have records of women, even from ancient times. They were just never integrated into, they were never thought of as as important. It's only about marriages, who married who. But, and then they'll say, oh, it was for, you know, a political marriage. Well, then that suggests that the woman and her connections to her family and her community had great value. But instead, it's just like, well, they married. They married so-and-so. Yeah, they they married so, yeah. And they don't talk about that. So I think it's basically leaving out those viewpoints that has been the typical way to do it and experiences of half the population and that's just the way that it's been done and now they're trying to integrate it by just including that little week or that little source but it's not it's not enough oh definitely i also feel like it would be extremely difficult to integrate uh like women into history because the books have already been written everything so you'd have to start from scratch that's that's one of the major obstacles about integrating integrating the narrative. Yes. Well, it's funny because, you know, and it does, it is a cost for students when we get these updated editions of textbooks, right? Because obviously the older an edition is, the cheaper it is. But 
quite frequently, I will get like a textbook rep who will send me some information about a new textbook. And almost always they will say the additions to the textbook or the updates to the textbook is, oh, we've integrated more women's history here. We've integrated this. We've added this. And so they're adding more of that narrative to the textbook. So that is happening, but it's kind of piecemeal. It's happening a little bit at a time. So it's minor. I wouldn't say it's minor because like they're including these really important aspects. It just becomes expensive because now students don't. There's a new edition of our uh, early and modern Western Zip textbooks that's going to come out. And for years, students have had the older edition. And so there's been used copies of it. And now when we switch to the new edition, it'll take a few years for the used supply to be built up. So it just, it's more expensive. So we're constantly writing the historical narrative. Every day. Historians are doing our research. We're writing the narrative. We're changing things. We're adding new perspectives. But then for that to get caught up into the mainstream, because there has been in recent years, there's even been a discussion about how historians are no longer seen as public figures. Like We've had a president who was a historian and historians used to be consulted about major historical events in the newspaper, but we've become sort of encased in academia and we write to a very specific audience. And so our historical narratives that we're writing aren't always accessible to the public. So even when that work is being done, you may not even know that it's been written. You're not going to find us on the shelves at Walmart. It's not very easily accessible. It's not very easily accessible. Most academic books are really expensive and they're for a very particular audience. It reminds me of when I was in high school and we had the oldest textbooks for many years. There's just not enough funding, I think, you know, for any kind of school or education. Oklahoma was what, 48th in education up until a couple of years ago. And even now, stuff is still pretty expensive. I can't imagine. In my high school, we had... I was in a different high school every single one of my years, but in each high school, they were old. The textbooks, the history textbooks were ancient. 2013 or earlier. Yeah, so we didn't get to have the new updated versions with women's history added to it. You know, we had the old stuff that, oh, this is all we could pay for. Dio, what can we do to guarantee that women have equal opportunities in education and employment? Well, point blank, period. Just don't discriminate them <laughs> just because they're a woman. Don't say, oh, you're a woman, so we're not going to really... We, we don't think you're smart enough or something. So it's just... Just see it through you. Like, women can get education, men can get education, everybody can get education. Just, But I know there's the whole, like I said, men have a weird pride thing. They don't know how to feel when a woman can work in the same environment as them. Or, or when women can do a better job than they can. Exactly. That's when they get hurt. Then they're like, okay, how can I get rid of this person? <laughs> how can I get rid of this woman? I know but, that's so sad, too. Yeah. So it's just women can have top-notch skills and they might even be better than the man you have in the office or something let them just so pay them what they're worth yeah exactly just pay pay them as they worth. not the weird pay gap thing that i've heard women being paid less than men or i've even heard women their hours be taken given to men because some shady under the table business i would be like hey i want more hours and then boss is like okay take it away from women and giving it to the man 
or jobs that, you know, they require more physical labor and stuff. Yep. They would pick men more often yep. than they would women. Yep. And that happened actually with my aunt. My aunt worked in a really physically demanding environment and she was the only woman. And the men were, she worked hard. She worked her tail off and she did way better. And her boss noticed it. And the other men, I think I recall, she said that some of the guys would give her mean looks or something or just make little side comments, but that didn't get her down. She worked her tail off and she got those hours. She worked 12 hour shifts in that physically demanding environment, but it was all men. So it's a baby step to get women into the physically demanding but yeah. they should be i've seen some pretty buff women <laughs> man i've seen some strong women yes women are strong lastly i'd like to take this time to ask is there anything else that you feel is important about women's history that you guys would like to talk about today I just think it's important that we have these kind of conversations, right? And recognize that we have made great strides, but we're still having to do work. There's still more work to be done. Women's history is a field. There's always this kind of discussion within history. It's like everything's already been written. You know, what new can we add? But if you start looking into these historically marginalized and underrepresented groups of people like women, you will find a plethora of sources that have never been discussed. They've never been unearthed. They're just sitting in some dusty archives somewhere because they were part of a collection that was donated. And so we are an integral part of the historical narrative as women. And so any narrative that doesn't include women isn't painting a whole picture. And if you have women and men at the same historical event, women will have a different perspective to offer than men. And so their perspective is just as valid in us trying to understand it. Because ultimately what historians are trying to do is to piece together an understanding of the past the worldview, how people lived, how people thought, um, what their lives were like. And you can't do that if you're only talking about half the population, if you're leaving out the other half. That's like forgetting it. Mm -hmm. Dr. Farmer and Dio, it was great talking with you today. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for listening to the Hawk Talk podcast. You can find us at nsunews.com, Spotify, or follow our social media pages, TNE News on Instagram and Twitter, and The Northeastern on Facebook for the latest NSU news. Hey, y'all. Are y'all looking for a good used car in Tahlequah? Well, come on down to Chris Pruitt Auto Sales. We are a family-owned car dealership with a wide selection of different makes and models that are fit just for you. Our employees are dedicated to providing a fast and easy buying experience where we can get you in a vehicle that's in your budget. We are open from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday. We are located at 4696 South Muskogee Avenue. Or you can go ahead and call 918-207-1500. Here at Chris Pruitt Auto Sales, come get a good deal and a brand new set of wheels.